you. This is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. You're listening to Cruise Radio Rewind. I hope you're having a great weekend. My name is Doug Parker, and my guest today is Steve from the DCL Podcast, a podcast all about Disney Cruise Line. I personally have never sailed Disney before, so I have a couple of questions. Also, we've been fielding questions across our social media channels over the past couple of weeks to ask Steve. So, Steve, I hope you're up to it. Thanks for agreeing to come on and tackle these, and welcome to the show. Definitely, Doug. Thanks for having me on and, and uh, back again. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. It's been, uh, I think it was, it's been about two years since you were on last, right? Yeah, I think so. When we got back from the Mediterranean, I believe. Yeah. So just a great cruise that we had. And thanks for having us on for that. Before we jump into the questions here, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started with the DCL podcast. Well, probably like you, Doug, I kind of got into podcasts. I started listening to them about 10 years ago mm-hmm. and got into cruising. We did our first cruise in 2014 with Norwegian, Disney 2015. And just listening to different podcasts, There, I started, well, I fell in love with cruising. Fell in, we just had a great time on Norwegian, had a great time on Disney. And I started noticing that in the podcast kind of community, the Disney podcast community, they would talk about Disney Cruise Line every now and then, but you really wouldn't get too much of it. And there's two other points, I guess, to this whole story, how I started it, is that uh, with my job, I travel quite a bit. And after you've been traveling and you go to the same places over and over and over again, there's only so many times you can go to San Diego and be excited about it. And you just need to find something else to fill your time. So I was originally going to do a blog about Disney Cruise Line, but I'm not much of a writer. My job, I get to talk to people quite a bit. And so it's kind of put two and two together. And that's kind of how it came about. It's just filling my time on my layovers and then just trying to fill the niche that really wasn't there for Disney Cruise Line. Our first question is kind of broad, but you could put some context into it. You mentioned you've sailed Norwegian before. So what's the difference between a Disney cruise and a regular cruise? So this one, I had a tough time finding an answer for you, Doug. I was to be completely honest. Is, and I think it really, and I know you're a fan of going down to Walt Disney World. And I think it's the attention to detail that they, they have put on with their ships. I think it's a, just the atmosphere. And I know you're, you're, maybe your audience is going to kind of not be able to understand this. But like when you go to Disney Park, there's just like a different feel to it. Or a Disney Hotel, there's a different feel to it than if you go just to, say, a Hilton or a Sheraton or something like that. So mm-hmm. to me, I know this is really answering your question too much. But I, I really think it's just the atmosphere, the attention to detail, the quality of the service, the the food that they have on board. Uh, kind of the family focus center of the whole cruise. I think all that brings it together so that that same feel when you walk inside a Disney park, you kind of have that on a Disney ship. But I think they bring it to just a little bit higher level. Since you said Disney resorts, and uh, I think you hit on a good point here, when you're at a Disney resort, you kind of feel like you're separated from the outside world. You're in your own little park. Is it like that on a Disney cruise ship as well? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I think it's almost kind of funny in in a way that like you can take it to all these different places in the world. You step off the ship and you are, you know, whatever port you're in. And then you come back on and you're in that like Disney bubble, that Disney atmosphere. And I think that if you're a fan of Disney, that really is why a lot of people keep coming back to Disney Cruise Line. We received this question more than one time is if you don't have kids, can you still sail on a Disney Cruise Line ship and feel comfortable? Like, is there that separated adults only space? 
Oh, definitely. And I think this is kind of funny because believe it or not, when I started my podcast, the very first person that reached out to me to come on was uh, a family that or a couple that they didn't have kids Mm -hmm. and they had been on eight different different Disney cruises. And she just wanted to come on and talk about why they liked cruising with Disney Cruise Line so much. So uh, we can go through like a whole bunch of different parts of it. But yeah, Disney definitely has kind of separated areas on the ship where it's generally adults only. They have all different kinds of adult themed shows that go on during the day, during the evening. They have mixology classes. They have restaurants which are which are kind of like similar to like Norwegian Carnival where you you pay to eat at, but they do not allow anybody under 18 there. So you can definitely, you know, separate yourself out if you are uh, an adult that doesn't want to necessarily be around the families and the kids, but most people enjoy that as well. There's definitely, you know, lots to do for people traveling on Disney Cruise Line without kids. Carnival, for instance, has Serenity, adults only, no kids allowed. Does Disney have that outside? Yes, they do. They have on the two. So they, Disney has four ships, the Wonder and the Magic of the Older, the Fantasy and the Dream are a little are bigger. And so the, the, the bigger ships have some extended areas, but they have a place called Satellite Falls on the bigger ships, which is out in the front. And they have an adult exclusive pool usually. And one of the fun things that we've enjoyed is in the afternoons, a lot of times they'll have some live entertainment, like somebody out playing the guitar out there. There's a there's each one of the adult pools has kind of a bar area around it. So you can, you know, sit in the pool, relax with your favorite beverage. Um, so they definitely have that on board as well. What is the drink package situation like on board Disney? Okay, so this is definitely one place where they kind of differ. They do not have a drink package per se as it, like on Carnival or Norwegian that you're going to buy ahead of time. They do offer a couple different interesting things, though. So if you're a beer drinker like myself, you can buy a mug on board. It, I think it's like 20 bucks, And then for the rest of the time on board, you get about four ounces extra of beer for the same prices. So you get 20 ounces versus the 16. But but some of the other aspects that they have is they do have some wine packages on board. So dependent upon the sailing, they have uh, three, five, seven bottle packages you can buy. Also, and this, I think, and you can correct me, Doug, because you probably know a little bit more, but Disney actually offers you the ability to, from each port and from your initial port, to bring on a six pack of beer or two mm-hmm. bottles of wine or champagne. You can't bring on any hard alcohol, yeah. but each port you stop at, you can bring that back as well. So that's one of the tricks that a lot of people use as far as alcohol goes. And then I'll just throw this out there. We were supposed to cruise with my brother and his partner this in August. Well, August right now is recording, but obviously that got canceled. They live in the Washington, D.C. area, and they had not been on Disney Cruise Line before. They'd been on Carnival. They had been on... Uh, celebrity and a couple other different lines. But when they were looking at the drink prices on board, believe it or not, they were like, wow, that's actually pretty cheap compared. So the Disney's drink prices on average tend to be a little bit cheaper than, you know, if you live in those New York and DC, LA type areas. So, uh, you know, not quite the drink package, but definitely a little bit cheaper than what we've seen on Norwegian as well. Does that answer your question? No, it totally does. I mean, on Norwegian, I mean, a Tito's and soda sent me back $16, and I could get the same thing at a New York City hotel. Um, Over the past few years, cruise lines have gotten very into specialty, like four-fee dining. How does Disney Cruise Line specialty venues compare to, like, the NCLs, Carnivals, and Royal Caribbeans? 
I think what sets Disney apart a little bit is their main dining room food has not kind of declined. I, I remember when we first went on Norwegian and the main dining room food, and Norwegian used to be known for their main dining room food. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And the last time we were on there, it was really hit or miss. But boy, you really, if you went to their specialty dining restaurants, you're, you're getting a really good you're getting a really good dinner for for what you're paying for it. I think what Disney has done is they've kept their main dining room food higher at, at, at that higher standard. And then they've also offered adults only areas to be able to go like either Palo or Remy. And I think going forward, I think that's the best thing for Disney rather than going kind of the route where they're trying to force you to the specialty restaurants, because a lot of the Disney, a a huge part of the Disney cruise experience is bonding with your servers, those servers going with you in a rotational dining to each one of your restaurants each night. So they become almost family with you. And so I would really hate to see Disney kind of go to the direction of the other cruise lines where they have you know, where they put such a premium on going to those premium restaurants and keeping their main dining room product up. Am I answering that question right now? Yeah, you totally are. Um, A question, though, in their specialty dining venues. So let's just use Magic Kingdom, for example, at Be Our Guest, where you have Belle and Beast walking around. Is it anything like that? Or is is that more of a character experience dining on a Disney Cruise Line ship? Okay, so no, you're not going to have that at all in, in the, the the adult specialty restaurants. They do have some themed restaurants in the main restaurants that you're that you can go to, which are included in the price of your cruise. But the the two adult themed specialty restaurants, they're really they really want to promote them to be upscale. So the first one, the main one, is Paolo. That one costs you forty dollars per person right now. That's kind of a northern Italian cuisine. It is. Probably it, it's not their flagship restaurant, but it's the one that probably most people are going to experience. And they do just a phenomenal job. It it feels nothing like uh, di- there are no Disney characters walking around. It feels like you're kind of in a northern Italian upscale restaurant. And one of my favorite parts, actually, on the the two older ships, is the restaurant itself is built around the kitchen. And that's like one of my favorite things to do at, at, a, at a kind of a higher end restaurant is where you're dining and you can walk look into the kitchen and see them preparing your food. Now, the second restaurant on the bigger ships, Remy, is kind of in its own scale of itself. It it features French and American cuisine, and it has recently, and you'll probably be familiar with Victoria and Albert's down at Walt Disney World at the Grand Floridian. Mm -hmm. It is, they have gotten their chefs from there, so it is really an upscale restaurant. We have not dined there yet, but at $125 per person, everybody that I've talked to on our podcast has come and and dine there and his Bennett Victoria and Alberts as well compares them similarly. Wow, $125 per person. Okay, very good. This next question may seem like a dumb question, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I really don't know. Are the activities the same uh, that you would find on other cruise ships, like, you know, sea day activities and such? Oh, definitely, definitely. And what's kind of fun about it is kind of going back to your initial question as far as, you know, should adults without kids feel, you know, comfortable going on a Disney cruise, they kind of break them up. They they have this, they have trivia that is kind of family centric, but then they also have trivia, you know, periods which are down at the their adults only bar area, which, um, which, are, which are for adults only. They definitely have bingo on all the ships. They have drawing classes, which believe it or not, are actually kind of fun to do, be able to do where they teach you how to, to draw the characters. They have mixology classes. They have wine tasting. They, they, they really kind of model a lot of what the other cruise lines do. And the cool thing is, is they do break it down, you know, family specific time. And then also kind of, um, adult only time as far as those different 
packages go. Let's talk about Disney Cruise Line misconceptions then. Like for me, two of them might be um, one, I don't have kids, so I might feel uncomfortable sailing. And two, the price, because I could buy a seven-night cruise on a carnival ship for the same price I could buy a three-night cruise inside on Disney where I'd be in a balcony on carnival. Yeah, I think that that's probably the one part. And it just goes back to economics, right? Supply and demand, because there's only four ships. That's a part of Disney Cruise Line that's just always going to be there uh, unless things change is the, is the fact that it, they do charge a premium for their product. Um, I, I would say kind of the biggest mis- misconceptions are that even though you look at the ship and there's a giant Mickey on the funnel, it, it, is the idea that Mickey's everywhere. And that's mm-hmm. that's not really quite true. If you, uh, you know, are as a as a couple um, without kids want to go on a cruise, you can actually kind of navigate the ship and you will not really run into too much of the. Uh, you know, Mickey and the characters and everything like that, if, if that's something that you really don't want. Um, you know, one of the downsides, you know, I think one of the cool things with Norwegian having those, you know, solo only cabins and some of the other cruise lines doing that, Disney has not done that at all. And I think they're kind of missing out a little bit as far as I know that there is demand there for matter of fact, our next podcast we're doing is with a group of guys that like to travel together. And you're, you're right. You're kind of stuck paying those, those rates with, if you, if you get a cabin by yourself, then you've got to pay for, you know, two, even though there's only one. And the other thing as far as like, if, if you don't really enjoy kids, but being on the Disney cruise line, I, I'll throw this out too as well. I remember the very first cruise we went on to Alaska and we, we spent the whole time. And it kind of depends upon who, how old your kids are or if you have kids and where you're kind of going through the ship. But I never saw a single baby on that entire ship. And they actually have a, 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 their own nursery. Mm-hmm. And I remember the last day getting off the ship and we were like next to six different families and they, they had babies with them. And it was just, I was talking to my wife. I was like, I don't remember seeing a baby the whole seven days. Mm-hmm. But here they were um, right there with us. And I guess I bring that point out is that I think they do a really good job as the way people travel and traffic their ships mm-hmm. so that if that's something that concerns you as far as, you know, Mickey or, or kids or whatever else, you probably aren't going to see them based on what you do on the ships themselves. And I guess the last thing I'll throw out there, a lot of people think that Disney only sails to the Caribbean, but we, our very first cruise was to Alaska. We've taken them to Northern Europe. We've taken them to the Mediterranean. We did a cruise to Norway. They go not quite as many places as, you know, Norwegian, Royal, and Carnival do, but they do have a lot of itineraries throughout the world. No casino, though, correct? No, they do not have a casino. Instead of having the casino, they took that space and they utilized that for their kids' clubs, which are pretty amazing in and of themselves. But you said they still do bingo. They do do bingo. Okay. And yeah, that actually, I actually haven't done that yet. It's something that we want to do next time. But they do have, you know, you can, you can win. And then the, the jackpot, and you probably maybe understand it better than I do, rolls over to the next ship if somebody doesn't win it. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, you can definitely do bingo. Castaway Key is Disney's private island slash destination. How does it compare to the other ones, you know, out there right now, assuming you have been on one? But if you haven't, from what you've seen... Well, I'll have to put out there that I have not been on any of the other cruise lines, private islands. I've only been to Castaway Key, but I have, you know, kind of looked at the pictures and talked to some other people that have that experienced on there. I, I think the the couple things that are that really set Dizzy apart is the fact that the ship, and all though I think some of the the newer islands that Royal has as well, the the ships can park right there, so you don't have to tender onto the island itself. 
they have a Castaway Key 5K, which is always kind of fun to run in the morning. It's free to sign up for it. Those are the first people off the ship to be able to do that. They have all the different kind of activities like snorkeling. We went parasailing, which was really cool because they take you right by, we were on the dream that time. They take you right by the ship. We got some fantastic pictures of the ship itself as you're out there over the ocean. They have fishing. They have a uh, adults only beach area as well so you can do that if you don't have kids you can kind of go over there they have their own um, lunch place over there where you can eat they've got bars on the islands I think the one thing that maybe sets them back a little bit is you know kind of looking at perfect day at Coco Key with the water park area that they've added I think that is probably the one area that maybe Disney's missing out on they don't quite have that those type of amenities but it is a very beautiful beach, great place to spend the day and a lot of fun with the kids. I guess the question is on the water parks, though, do you really need all that? Because you're leaving out of Orlando and you have like Blizzard Beach at Disney and uh, what is it? Volcano Bay at Universal. My opinion, the thing that I appreciate about appreciate about Disney's private island is it because there's not quite the, you know, fun in your face sometimes it makes you spend more time with your family. And to be honest, it's been a lot of fun. Just we've spent like an hour just throwing my oldest son and I just throwing the football back and forth out in the water. Mm -hmm. And that's something that sometimes you don't appreciate, I guess, when you're, you've always got all these things that are kind of coming at you and we can go do this, we can do it, go do that. And sometimes it's just those moments when you can kind of hang out, throw the football back and forth, kind of slow down from what life is like normally at home and just have those fun conversations as a family. That's something that I, you're right, Doug. I totally appreciate. Have you ran the 5k there? Yeah, we've done it a couple different times. It's, mm -hmm. it, it's hard after a seven day cruise, when you're at day seven after eating and not doing too much, you know, getting out and running in the uh, Caribbean heat, even at eight o'clock in the morning can be pretty tough, but it's, it's really cool. They give you, everybody gets a free medal. They give you a, get your a little number and everything like that. This is castaway key on it. So it's a good way to start the day on the island. What kind of surface are you running on? They've got kind of a, a bike path that goes back through the jungle a little bit. So mm -hmm. you kind of go back through there. And then there's actually a runway on the island. So that part's not too exciting. But you go up and down the the runway a little bit and then Fine. back around where the bike path was to finish it up. Okay, so when I'm selling a carnival ship, everyone knows I'm going to Guy's Burger Joint. Does Disney have a staple place like, okay, I'm going on a Disney ship. I have to go here. This is the one place where I, I don't think I can I don't think I could come up with an answer for you, Doug. No. I mean, there's a couple of things that I enjoy. The the Cove Cafe, Dizzy is, is a, I'm a, kind of a coffee snob. Mm -hmm. Dizzy's just main coffee is not very good. But the Cove Cafe in the morning makes some really good coffee. They actually have an iced coffee that I've never had before anywhere that with some really good flavors. But, um, you know, Pete's Boiler Bites and uh, Pinocchio's Pizza is not going to keep up with the guys, unfortunately. I'm hoping this is someplace, <laughs> something that with the new ships coming out, they're going to come up with a solution to because nothing like guys, Doug, sorry. The big question is, are the Mickey ice cream bars included in the cruise fare? Actually, you can get those for desserts at all okay. of your meals. You can actually get them in your staterooms for free as well. Wow. So you okay. can get those. They do have a okay. soft serve ice cream, just like a lot of the other ships. And then on the, the two bigger ships, they have kind of a pay for ice cream place as well. Okay. If you had to guess, what would you say the next big thing for Disney is? I think it's really two things. And the first one being the wish when she gets built. She's supposedly under construction right now over in uh, Papenburg, Germany. I th she's going to be the same size as the 
fantasy and the dream and they have included some they've taken out some of the inside staterooms from what we can tell from some of the initial concept artists so there's going to be more common space so there's a lot of speculation as to whether they're going to create a space kind of like the haven like like a norwegian cruise line but i think just that ship is going to be a big game changer for disney and i'm really curious to see what they add to it they have the dream and the fantasy have a, a water park feature called the Aqua Duck, which is kind of like a, a water roller coaster that goes around the outside of the ship. They haven't released anything in the initial drawings as to what they're going to put on it, but I think they're going to come up with something pretty spectacular. So I really think the the Disney wish and if they get the next two ships after her get built, I think they're going to be kind of game changers. But the other one is they leased property on the island of Eleuthera. And so they're building a second private island. And it's called Lighthouse Point. And what really makes me excited, and I think a lot of people in the Disney community excited, is it's being head up by Joe Rohde. And Joe Rohde is the one, is the individual responsible for Animal Kingdom. And he is also responsible for Alani, if you've ever been out there in the Hawaiian Islands. He is a master at taking kind of the story of a culture and its people and blending it into just some really fun activities. So I'm really curious to see what they come up with at Lighthouse Point. I know you're a Disney Vacation Club member. If you wanted to use those DVC points for a cruise, could you do that if you really wanted to? There's really not any value. You can do that. I know people who have done it. But to be completely honest, you are better off taking those points, selling them on the open market, and then using that money to pay for your cruise because you're going to pay a lot more in points than you would if you did that way cash-wise, if that makes sense. So most people don't use it. They market it as such as, as something that you can use, but most people don't do it because there's really no value to it. I've been asking this question to a lot of guests, Steve, uh, so I'm going to ask you. I hope you don't mind. What are your thoughts of cruising again once it does resume? I, I think that there's been a lot of I mean, I think there's a lot of initial, you know, push to let's let's get this going in the in the cruising community. And I'm just getting the sense from just, you know, watching social media and listening to people talk about it. But but the, the more it kind of has drug out, I, I think that all of the CEOs and everybody realizes, I mean, I really like the fact that that Norwegian and, and Royal are kind of teaming up and putting together kind of let's get back to cruising and let's do it safely. I really think that the cruise lines realize that if a cruise ship goes out and they do have an outbreak before some kind of vaccine comes out, they do have an outbreak of coronavirus on it. It's just going to really put them back even further. So I have a lot of confidence in what the cruise lines are doing, how they're looking at how they're looking at when they're going to cruise, when they're going to sail and how, what that's going to look like. So I don't have a problem. I, I, our family would go tomorrow if we could once they put out those procedures because I, I do have a lot of faith in what they're doing been talking with steve he is the host of the dcl podcast all about disney cruise lines steve where can we find you well you can reach us over on facebook we're at dcl podcast i'm always on twitter dcl podcast as well we have an instagram account dcl underscore podcast that we've been trying to put some more videos up on and a lot of fun things there as well. So if anybody has any interest in learning more about Disney or has any questions at all, please reach out to us. We always love talking about cruising and Disney and we always appreciate everything you do as well, Doug, in the cruising community. Very sweet, man. Thanks for coming on.
Oh, definitely. And look forward to it next time and all the best to you. And as always, if you have a question, drop me a line, Doug at cruiseradio.net. That'll put a wraps up on this week's show. Don't forget about a Cruise Radio News, our daily quick hits of the news. Seven days a week, you could find that just opposite of this podcast by searching Cruise Radio News. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Protect yourselves and your neighbors. Stay safe. Take care. During these difficult times for the travel industry, Cruise Radio stands behind the men and women who work so hard to bring our vacation dreams to life. From the captains and crew to travel agents, tour operators, vendors, and port employees, we offer a sincere thank you on behalf of the thousands of guests whose lives you impact each and every day. 